0: I'm Angela Ross, and this is SoCal Voices. My guest today has been recognized as Best Woman Filmmaker at the Los Angeles Independent Film Festival for her TV series, I'm 13, Yo! a hip-hop coming-of-age comedy about the adventures of a 13-year-old boy who constantly tests the patience of his mom. As a show creator, director, and actor, Janine Robinson has a long list of accomplishments in theater, film, and TV, and she joins me today to share more about her artistic journey. Janine Robinson, welcome to SoCal Voices. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Before we get to the show, talk about your background, uh, your journey to entertainment. When did you know you wanted in on creating and acting in performances?
1: Well, I was teaching at a small private school and I, you know, had always been doing a lot of writing even during my childhood and um, while in college, just free writing, creative writing. But while teaching, I started to do little plays and skits for the kids and uh, putting them in productions for Christmas, Black History Month, spring productions, that kind of thing. And so, you know, we basically were selling out the plays. (laughs) The houses were (laughs) packed and people come up to me like, oh, my God, I can't believe you wrote that. This is amazing, you know, and how'd you get the kids to do all that? And. Um, so you know people just the audiences just inspired me they're like you should be writing for Broadway you should be writing for Hollywood you you know you should be writing on a for bigger stages than this and you know while I enjoyed it the the kids were magnificent um you could get kids to do so many great things you know because they're just sponges <laughs> yeah. um yeah I, I sought my sights on something higher and bigger and so um, the my muses were calling me to uh, write for Hollywood.
0: <laughs> now, how long were you teaching?
1: I taught for a couple of years, and then even once I got out here, on and off a few times, um, because it took me a while to get my footing um, in Los Angeles. But yeah, I, I moved here 20 years ago, and so uh, cumulatively, I probably taught for about 10 years.
0: <laughs> awesome, that's that's fantastic. You know, the actors on your show seem to have a really good chemistry. How did you assemble? that cast?
1: Um, my casting process is pretty laborious. I must say, (laughs) um, I look at a lot of things. Um, you know, I don't just, I, I don't just invite actors to audition because I don't want to waste their time. Mm -hmm. So I look at resumes. I look at reels. Um, I really take my time to see, you know, Do you have training? You know, can you pull this off? Um, And so that gets through a lot of like auto submissions that may have happened because the agents think that they were great for this role or, you know, whoever may be submitting them. Or if they submitted themselves, you know, show if they're really interested. And then after that, I do the audition uh, process. So I kind of can tell, um, it's interesting when I cast Da Vinci for, uh, Malcolm in I'm um, 13, yo, uh, I knew from his headshot mm-hmm. that he would be great. So even headshots tell a lot about a character. And then I showed it to my son because the character is based on my son, like, yeah. you know, my real life mm-hmm. <laughs> experiences. And so I said, look at this kid. And it, it, he could tell too, from the headshot, he's like, he's the one. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let's slow down because this, this kid has to be able to rap and act and like, you know, we we're looking for a a, a three peak kind of you know mm-hmm. star here, you know, mm-hmm. dance and everything. So um, we did audition him, and he was just perfectly amazing. So it it worked out, and so you know, there's some balance with you know, it's it, it's amazing how the magic happens because once you write a script and you write these characters. Um, you know, it's like, wow, it's all in my head. But when, you know, the spirit or divine, like God just sends you the people who really embody the character, it, it, it raises the hair on the back of my neck sometimes. Yeah. And, that, and that's what happened as well with Jonathan Walters. And he played the doctor, but he was in my first um, Hollywood produ- play, mm-hmm. um, ER, the resurrection stage play. And when he came in and just, played Dr. Obama. it just I mean, I, my mouth dropped open. And I'm like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> so it's a little bit of eeriness that happens, but it's beautiful to see it unfold.
0: It is. It is. And uh, I would imagine that your teaching experience also plays a role in your ability to zero in on who's going to be right for a part, uh, the fact that you could just look at the photo of this young man and go, "Oh yeah, I think this is the guy." that That says a lot about your your insight and your intuition. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about the challenge that you face as both a performer and someone who is actually putting the pieces together for the show. I would imagine that the roles are, different the jobs are different but you have to embody all of that and bring that bring it all to the forefront. Talk about your preparation, how you get yourself mentally and creatively centered to do these these different roles.
1: Yeah, so um, the process is very much different um, from writing, but not too much. Um, it, it, it also informs and helps your directing as well. But with the acting, it's very much um, having a real, real pulse on the script, the words. I'm also a linguist and a wordsmith, so <laughs> I'm very, very in touch with, you know, each lexicon what is it saying you know how does it speak to me and so there's a whole process for that and and you know there are various acting techniques but um it really my acting um one of my acting teachers says don't go to therapy go to acting school go <laughs> acting class. <laughs> because you do have to tap in some of the deep recesses of your mind, like, you know, nothing against therapy. Trust me, people need to go. (laughs) Um, But it does tap into some places that may be buried, hidden, you know, some deep places that you may not wanna go. Um, But yeah, like some of the best acting is just being vulnerable and transparent and open and honest with those deep, deep places. Um, having a connection to that and then being able to display that in the forefront. So that's a beautiful piece of uh, form of therapy, in my opinion, is acting. Mm -hmm. Um, But the writing as well. And so, you know, it just allows you to release so much of a part of you. And I find it very cathartic to put situations and people and personalities in, you know, in, in my writing. Um, I think some of the challenge, yeah, is being able to switch hats, um, as an independent filmmaker, a lot of times you wear a lot of hats. I was thrown into, you know, wearing multiple hats because, you know, initially nobody knows your name. Nobody knows what you're doing. So you have to be writer, director, producer, line producer, producer, you know, actress, everything. So yeah. I did learn very early on in the process. When, when do I cut it off? Mm-hmm. When do I need to say, Hey, I'm now being an actress, I'm not going to answer the phone, respond, you know, I'm not going to find wardrobe, I'm not going to do all these little things, (laughs) try to coordinate lunch and all this stuff. (laughs) Uh, um, And then be able to, you know, once I, you know, I worked in the beginning stages with a lot of volunteers, um, and just learning to trust them to, you know, handle it, whatever the situation is. Because I now need to be LaShonda or I now need to be, you know, this act, embody this character. And I can't, you know, it, well, you know, you can do both, but will it do, will it serve the greater audience? Will You know, is that the best use of my mental faculties? And if I really want to bring this character life, I got to stop directing or I've got to stop producing and really focus on just the acting. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Generally, about how long would you all shoot uh, when you were in the production process? I mean, do you have to be careful because you're working with young people about how long you work? Or do you guys just kind of get together and make it happen when you feel like that's just when the juices would be flowing. We need to do this shoot at night, for example, or we're we're going to get up at five o'clock in the morning and get this done. How how was your process putting this together?
1: So generally speaking, it's a twelve-hour day, whether it's okay. you know union or non-union. Mm-hmm. Um, but I because it's non-union and because um, you know the pay sometimes is not you know, on par with what your people can make at major studio. I do try to keep my days shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, just out of consideration that, you know, there are artists too, and and, you know, it's a non-union project. But if there are kids involved, yes, I do try to really manage. I'm very meticulous with my call sheets and call times. I don't call people to set if you're just gonna be laying around for hours and hours and hours doing nothing. And so that's one of the things I am a little OCD about. Like I <laughs> Most people just give that part to their line producer, you know, but, um, I just want to be respectful of people's time. So I I do do my own call sheets. I've learned to do that after a while, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but your crew in general, they expect to go 12 hours. Now we did have a day where we were called one time, and this is on my recent project, the clinic on Western Avenue. We were called, um, in the middle of the shoot and told that the location wouldn't be available the following day, the day that we were planning. Wow, oh my goodness. Right, and we had already planned this day, and you know. And so I just said, you know what, it's a group decision. I can't make this decision on what to do. So uh, we called together all the crew and I asked them, look, you know, I told them the situation, gave them all the possibilities. And the most rigorous one was that we will stay here and just do two days until we get it done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And sure Mm -hmm. enough, that was one of those, you know, to 4 a.m. day, you know, but we called it our our second Monday or a double day. I I forget. Anyway, we came up with a little moniker for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The Adventures of Production. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) We'll be back right after this. Handle with Care, Cancer and Beyond is a podcast that keeps it real. Each episode, your hosts, Carrie Madrid and Chris Donovan, welcome guests that tell their story of how cancer affected them. Whether it be good, bad, or they're just f-ing stable. This show speaks the truth about living with the C word. Join Carrie and Chris on Handle with Care, Cancer and Beyond at thisisfunner.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I want you to think a little bit about um, your, again, putting your teacher's hat on and then channeling that into what you're, you're doing. And when you're producing uh, your, your, your projects and the work that you do with young people and a lot of people who are teenagers and and very young adults, they, they, they kind of have this idea about what it's going to be like to be working in entertainment. And I wonder if you could shed some light on how you share your expertise and your experience with the young people that you work with and what you want them to really get about uh, being in the entertainment business.
1: Yeah. um, You know, the kids that are in this business are quite mature. Most of the time they're leading their parents and they're (laughs) they're managing their own careers. Like they are phenomenal. Um, But yes, there is for a lot of them, I'm giving them their first kind of break in the industry but again because they're talented so a lot of times they show up and they're like whoa you know they see all this people all this movement and it can be a little intimidating so sometimes um, there's the disconnect from what I did in the audition and now what I have to do to perform now that all these people are around you know Um, So I do my best to make them comfortable, um, first of all. But yeah, there is a little bit of directing that goes into it. I I recall a situation in particular where um, this kid, he didn't freeze or clam up, but he just kind of was, you know, way more reserved than he was in the audition. And so um, I just kind of told, you know, anyway, teaching really helps you kind of just talk people through things, you know, not just kids, adults, like, you know, everything's a teachable moment. And so I just told I don't know, instantaneously, I was like, you know, how would your dad say it? Like, you know, how would your dad say, bruh, bruh, you know? So instantly he felt more comfortable. His parents were there on set. You know, I do allow them in, in the process. I don't exclude parents. Um, but yeah, they were like, oh my God. Like, and sure enough, he just got right in the flow. He embodied his father, brah, you know. <laughs> and his dad was like, oh, I say that all the time. <laughs> so it was just a lot of fun on set. But yeah, you um, just, you know, making those simple, meaningful connections for them. Uh, but yeah, absolutely teaching. Just, you know, because when you're teaching in front of a classroom, you have all kinds of learning styles and, you know, you have to come up with types of ways to reach kids and and, um, you know, bring out, you know, what you're what you want them to get. And so it really taught me a lot about um, just uh, being spontaneous and 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 on my feet about, you know, what I need to say or do in this moment to get the creative juices flowing and 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 get the chemistry going and make this kid feel, you know, a less with you know this process. So
0: beyond just the the immediate joy that you get from producing your projects, I wonder what you like most about the creative process? You know, not, not focusing so much on the end result, which we all look forward to and are excited to see, but as you're going through it, the ups and downs, the pains, the, some of the issues you deal with in production, what is the part of it that gives you the most joy?
1: The part that gives me the most, is kind of too, a little twofold, but um, the writing, once I get a, a script done there's a little bit of a sigh, like, wow, you know, you, you get it out of you, like this itch that, you know, you couldn't resolve or, you know, so um, that there's a release and a sigh there, Um, but also getting to either the table read or seeing audiences watch the product, the final product and hearing their laughter, hearing their engagement, hearing, you know, how they're receiving the project that you did—that's the most beautiful part. And I—I I remember when we first showed "I'm Thirteen Yo" at the Chinese Theater. Dave Brown was so gracious to allow us um, in on his festival, mm-hmm. and you know the the theater was almost full, and so I was overwhelmed immediately by you know how many people showed up, mm-hmm. and people were just w- roaring in laughter, <laughs> like.
0: It's,
1: and- <laughs> it's hilarious. It is. It's, it's so yeah. funny. Yeah, it is. Thank you. And so um, Da Vinci's mom leaned over to me and she said, Janine, do you hear that? Do you mm-hmm. hear people enjoying what you wrote and what you did? And I said, yes, like, this is pretty amazing. <laughs> so yeah, hearing audiences who, you know, know nothing about the process or anything just Completely unobjectively watching it, you know, or objectively watching it and seeing it and um, how they're reacting to it uh, gives me a lot of joy.
0: Thinking back on when you uh, first got that bug of, of writing and realizing that this is the the thing you wanted to do, can you talk a little bit about uh, the people in your life who? cheered you on, the folks who inspired you, the folks who kept nudging you, even during those times when you maybe had some second thoughts about whether this is really what you wanted to pursue? Wow, Angela,
1: you know, nobody asked me that question, but that's a great question because I would not be here without those people. Um, Definitely my mom, you know, because I had been, pl- Yes, yeah. <laughs> I had been planning to move to Los Angeles for about two years, you know, getting everything together, my saving money, you know, plotting the chart <laughs> basically. And, uh, in the midst of that, uh, I got pregnant, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, Oh Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm like, what do I do? And everybody, my son's godmother, my family, you know, don't go to Los Angeles, stay here so we can help you with the baby, blah, blah. And I thought about that old Hollywood adage, like the show must go on. And so wow. I, yeah, I continue with what I was doing. My mom was like, if you don't do it, you'll never be comfortable. And how will you be able to look at your child and say, pursue your dreams and, you know, go for what you want to do if you don't do it? Hmm. So, my mom really was the only voice like, "Look, I don't want you to go. <laughs> what's the point? You're expecting a my grandchild, <laughs> but you know you won't be settled. your spirit won't be settled unless you do. So she was one. The other person was my cousin who spent um uh probably thirty plus years in prison for a crime he did not commit, oh, and uh wow. yeah. Uh, it, it so it was devastating to our family but uh, while oh, in prison man. yeah and so while he was in prison, I wrote him a letter you know keep one of my letters keep him encouraged like and because I was writing um you know a letter to the governor on his behalf and mm-hmm. things like that you know mm-hmm. um so anyway I you know I was telling him about my journey I wanted him to read one of my scripts, you know just talking cousin talk right so um but I told him how discouraged I was feeling. And he wrote me back and in his letter, and this is coming from somebody who's spending, who was sentenced to life in prison. He said, your dreams only die when you do. Mm. (laughs) And I'm thinking if if a man who really at this point can't see his way out of a situation, had spent his whole entire adult life incarcerated, can say your dreams only die when you do, There's no reason why me, a free person, you know, who's out here and able to do so, why I cannot continue to do this. Why would I give up now? And uh, so that motivated and encouraged me. And and fortunately, thankfully, uh, he finally got out at 50 years. old. So, you know, like if you could just imagine like life in prison or whatever obstacle you're facing, like wow, like you can overcome things. You really can overcome obstacles in life. And so those were two people who really left an indelible impression on me and just encouraged me to keep going. And, and it, you know, as the, as the gods would have it, my son, you know, I had this baby and this was my first uh, film project was about him. So in my life as, you know, a single mother, so... I wouldn't have had that experience, you know, had I not just gone through everything.
0: I really, really appreciate you sharing that. Um, that is so moving and so powerful. And people who hear this are going to be moved and and inspired. Um, it, it's perspective and it's perseverance, and it's it's that wrapping their arms around you and, and saying, move forward. And and you're right. If, if, if he could offer that to you, particularly uh, being in the situation he was in, that is, that's everything. That's everything. So you, you are very fortunate, very blessed person, your mom, the family members who, who helped you. That is, that is amazing. Not everyone has that, and uh, yes. it's it's good that you had that and took it and used it to propel you forward. That's that's beautiful. I, again, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, Thank you. As you look ahead to uh, some of your future projects, some things you'd like to do, um, what is causing that little that little itch now? You know what what are you working on that you can share that you can talk about that we might look forward to uh, in the coming months?
1: Um, so we've dubbed "I'm Thirteen Yo" in Spanish.
0: Hey, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so all five episodes, you can catch all five episodes now on, uh, to be Roku, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, Amazon. Um, but yes, we will, there, it was doing great online in so many countries, um, around the world. And I thought, well, you know, why not reach them, you know, in their own language. So I'm 13. Yeah. We'll be released in Spanish in a couple of months. Um, The Clinic on Western Avenue is coming out. We're in post-production right now for that. And so that will be released in the coming months streaming. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still doing my wine vignettes uncorked with Janine. So who knows where in the world I'll be to do (laughs) one of those. Uh, That's a viral show you can catch on YouTube, Instagram. But yeah, I think You know these shows, these uh, comedies, my comedy series were little episodics. Mm -hmm. Um, I've written several features. You know, it it costs money. You know, I did it that way because you know you got to plan budget for the money. Like (laughs) that's one of the biggest challenges. But now that I see that I've done that, like, you know, the to embody five, six episodes, you know, once you do it, it's like, wow, like that really is a feature film. So Mm -hmm. I think I would like to do a feature film. Uh, I tell people my goal is to, you know, blow up a plane on LeBray Avenue. I want it to be like some big action, like some, you know, huge, huge thing. I don't know. (gasps) That's great. That's great. Uh, I mean, I love comedy. You know, a lot of my writing—it's funny, Angela. Like, I was never like—I've always been like a very, or you know, I position myself as a dramatic actress. Um, But when I write, and and you know, I'm not the funniest person around. But when I write, it just comes out funny. So (laughs) that's how I ended up with comedy.
0: Awesome. That's great. You know, it's 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 authentic, right? It's your life. It's your life experiences. It's your own. You know, observing. Of of other people, your your observance of others, it it all comes together, and it's it's who you are. So it all just kind of spills out, right? When you when you when you do your thing, that that's wonderful. Yes. Share with us where uh, folks can find you online and and on social where they want to follow you and find out more about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a little technologically challenged, but <laughs> I'm working through this. <laughs> the advice of my actors (laughs) I'm just doing whatever they say (laughs) I'm a writer honestly I like I literally sit down with pen and paper like I don't even go to the computer right away oh you are old school
0: man and you can understand your writing after your your cursive writing after you write right yes okay nobody else can but I right you can okay because I'm at the point now if I don't type it I don't know what I'm saying
1: (laughs) what is that is that a G or a J yeah but yes uh so instagram i'm at goddess boss g-o-d-d-e-z-z-b-o-s-s um so you can definitely follow me there there you can see my uncorked with janine oh and i did during um during COVID. i did a, a comedy series called the COVID comedy cafe uh it's wildly hilarious my good friend the late great david arnold you know graced me with the first episode <laughs> And so he was always a big encourager of me as well. So I really appreciate him and his life and legacy. Yeah, so Instagram, that's a great uh, resource for what's going on and what's happening with the productions. And also Facebook, Saponi Star Productions, S-A-P-O-N-I. Yep, so that that really is enough
0: for me. <laughs> that's good, that's good, Tate. Hey, just do you, right? Just do you, <laughs> Well, Janine Robinson, you are a delight and it's really been a pleasure having you on SoCal Voices. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. And I wish you all the best in all of your future projects and, and all your effort. You're really doing fantastic. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Angela. Thank you. And thank you to your audiences. Be blessed.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to SoCal Voices. Show your support with a financial contribution. Visit socalvoices.com support. For information about sponsoring SoCal Voices episodes, send an email to contact us at socalvoices.com.